You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into a very special episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Redner alongside Swamp 247 recruiting analyst Blake Alderman. And Blake, we gather here today to discuss Florida's 10th transfer edition of the offseason. Former Kentucky offensive lineman Kianta Goodwin, a six foot eight, 350 plus pound offensive tackle, former five star prospect. As we do uh, with all of these types of shows, Blake, I will hand it to you right away. Uh, to tell the people how to feel and what they should know about Florida's newest player. Regardless of what these guys, you know, Goodwin and the other transfer portal additions that Florida added through the uh, through the transfer portal, this looks like an SEC team in the trenches. You know, this is the type of team that, you know, coming off the bus, you know, these guys look the part. Translate the talent. You know, I think that Florida has definitely added, you know, a lot of good in that aspect, but this is, this is what you want your SEC team to look like in the trenches, especially whenever you've got a team like Florida that really relied on running the ball this past season. That's that's the bread and butter for Billy Napier. These are the type of big humans that you want to open up these holes. And I think for Goodwin, you know, he's a, a guy that, you know, maybe earlier on in his high school career was dealing with some bad weight, really re-sculpted that, you know, that body leading up to his senior year of high school where he, you know, he looked like a million bucks. This is a former five-star offensive tackle. He's what you want an offensive tackle to look like, you know? Um, I think that he still needs to do some parts in cleaning up that, you know, the bad weight. I think he did accumulate a little bit of that, you know, in his first season at in Lexington with, uh, with Kentucky. Um, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, you look at a guy like Desmond Watson at Florida, you know, who came in on the bigger side and is still a, a big guy in his own right. But you can see that Florida with the nutrition side and the attention that they put into that, you know, all those types of, you know, from from the eating clean and, and you know, kind of balancing out what these guys eat to, you know, the, the work they do in, in recovery and just all those types of things that Billy Napier has all these people on this billion people staff that he has that are that are geared towards those things. I think that was an appeal for Goodwin through the through his second recruiting process. Um, the fact that they put so much attention to that on top of having two offensive line coaches, you've got Rob Sale, sure. you've got Darnell Stapleton, you've got extra set of eyes, you know, to really divvy up the offensive line and get that extra coaching on top of, you see what these guys did for, through Florida's offensive line last year, had one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. Um, so now you're getting some of these guys in there to, to piece together this offensive line, you know, for, for Goodwin, you know, I think that maybe you didn't have the snaps that you would, you know, could really sit there and do some research on as, as you're looking for someone that comes to the NCAA transfer portal. But this is a guy that was a true freshman last year, you know? Right. So I think that on top of landing a guy that was highly regarded coming out of high school through the transfer portal, but you're also adding someone that it's not a one, two year bandaid type of guy. This is someone that you can put your stamp on as a coach as, you know, as far as development, you know, this is the big type of human that you want to mold, you know, Florida, you look at the guys that they've, you know, they're bringing in through the offensive line, you know, through high school recruiting, through the transfer portal. They want these big dudes. You know, they want to come out and look like 
you know, the Monstars from from uh, from Space Jam. You know, and that's what they've got assembled there on the offensive line. And I think you've got a guy like Goodwin who's got some good footwork. You know, he's athletic and nimble for a big guy as big as he is. Got some things to clean up for sure. He's a young guy. That's what you expect for young guys when they come into the program. But this was a really good get for Florida. I really like this addition. I think he's a guy that, you know, offensive tackle is a big need for them. It's a position that I've, oh, I've continuously sit there and said that, that's an area where Florida needs to approve depth and, you know, guys that can get in there in the rotation. And, and Goodwin is a guy that you can, A, get in for the spring semester. Um, you can have him go through spring ball. You can get him worked on the nutrition side of things. You can have him go through, you know, spring ball as far as coaching and, and you're grooming him as a player, but also learning your playbook, learning your scheme. So really good get for Florida here. I really like this addition. Yeah, I'm going to add a, a little bit of color to something you said that I think is interesting. You commented on the, uh, the, the type of athlete Florida has seemingly targeted at offensive line since taking over uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, big, big people. They like huge offensive linemen. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some of their additions. Cameron Waits, who has a torn Achilles right now and you know, will be out for a number of months as a result. However, Cameron Waits, 6'8", 373 pounds. Jordan Herman, 6'8", 370 pounds. Goodwin, 6'8", 351 pounds. Uh, incoming freshman offensive lineman, Caden Jones, Six foot eight, three hundred twenty-five pounds, and there are others. There are other extremely large uh, individuals that this group has recruited at offensive line. And the other thing that I wanted to comment on was was you know this is really somebody who you can bring in and develop. I like this addition mostly for its potential. Uh, Goodwin is a guy who's going to have plenty of time at Florida. There's no need to necessarily rush him if the staff decides he's not ready to start right away. I think there are other solid options that they can throw out there into a starting five. And kind of maybe even have Goodwin play a uh, kind of a, an Austin Barber role, like that six-man offensive lineman role that Barber was in last year and got a lot of reps doing. Uh, I, I could see that for him as well if it's not exactly up to par as far as starting goes with Goodwin. Uh, but but that's great. That's an opportunity for Florida to really take a guy uh, and, as you said, mold him how how they see fit. And and as we talked about on our last episode of the show, uh, Darnell Stapleton and Rob Sale have a history, a lengthy history at that, of, of really good player development. And that's dating back to Louisiana uh, with guys like Osiris Torrance, with Max Mitchell, who's in the NFL, uh, with Robert Hunt, who's in the NFL, uh, you know, even guys at Florida in the last year too, some, some really great improvement uh, in, in such a short time. Richard Garage, uh, Kingsley Egwakon improved greatly. Uh, Michael Tarquin, Ethan White transferred to USC, which was a near college football playoff team. Uh, so definitely a good group, and this is in addition to that. Uh, tell me kind of about the process with this recruitment here, Blake. It seems like things kind of moved quickly. You and I started to hear about how maybe it was trending in Florida's direction a day or two before he took an official visit, uh, and then things got a little bit murky towards the end. What 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 can you tell us about this process and how it went down and just how, how Goodwin ended up in the fold at Florida? Well, I think the start of the beginning here, you know, again, you, you hear a guy that was dealing with some, you know, some bad weight, having to reshape his body. I think that was where Florida really first and foremost started, you know, good one goes in the transfer portal, right? Then Florida starts doing their research. You always want to know why are they in the transfer portal? What's their intentions? What are they looking for? All those types of things, you know, that, that, that work is done. That leg works there. They get out there and they see him. They see that he's already in the process of, you know, shedding some of that weight, that he's trending in the right way as opposed to, you know, sitting there, you know, eating an entire pizza by yourself, you know, that kind right. of deal. You know, you've got a guy that is, that is, you know, working towards improving himself. So I think that checked off another box this past weekend. Florida brings him in for an official visit. You know, they get a chance to show him around. 
Um, you know, and again, to kind of circle back, you know, how, as I said, you know, the, the nutrition work that they do on, on the Florida side, having those two offensive line coaches, you know, those were interest points for him heading into that visit. So gets a chance to see all those things. Um, you know, Florida really wanted to make a move of getting this guy in there in the spring, you know, and, uh, we had heard that the 23rd of, uh, you know, which was this past Monday, was looking like the last day that Florida could really try to get these guys in for that spring semester. You know, obviously, drop ad had already passed. The first uh, day of spring semester classes was January 9th. But Florida could stretch out that, you know, that Monday deadline into the week, clearly, because he's been announced for the spring semester. So this was like, really, this week was like, you know, th this is crunch time. So they really put it into the you know, the motion of getting this guy, you know, admitted, you know, getting things squared away as far as trying to figure out classes and whatnot for him to have in the spring so that he could get there and get, you know, hit the ground running. Sure. Um, all those things worked out. You know, earlier this week, I had heard that he had signed a financial aid agreement paper uh, with Florida, which is for some people who may not know, it's, it's similar to signing a letter of intent. They're kind of cousins, I guess if you want to say that. They're not, you know, the exact same thing. Signing the financial aid papers doesn't Binds you to the school like an LOI does. You know, when you yeah. sign that paper, you fax it and you are officially part of the family. You could sign those financial aid papers. You're technically part of the family, but you could still, you know, you could still go to another school. You're not really locked in officially. So Florida it, still had some work to do. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, let, let me interrupt you real quick for, for anybody who's just looking at this in a real simple terms. The, the financial aid papers is essentially like being admitted to a college if you're not an athlete, whereas the uh, signing a letter of intent would be enrolling in the school. One of them is binding and much more difficult to get out of, whereas the other is a, 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 a matter of acceptance and and you know verbally basically being a part of something, but very easily retracted and gotten right. out of. It's more of a one binds action. the school to you, the other binds you to the school. So right. that, that's how that's how those are split out there. So, anyways, he signs those papers. Everything's in the right motion there. But again, that doesn't make him officially part of the you know part of the Gators. So uh, you know, continue to get some you know some things ironed out. Meeting with the coaching staff. You know, I don't know if that was in person. You know, Zoom, FaceTime, all the ten million ways there are to get in touch with somebody these days. Things right. were ironed out there. Now announced as part of a you know part of the Florida family, um, he's he's I believe he should be in town sometime on Wednesday to get settled and get moved in. Um, I would probably have to check on that a little bit more as the day goes along. You know, whenever this podcast drops, um, clearly we'll have some more on Swamp Twenty Four Seven if we ever get some you know any more word on that. You know, we'll we'll continue to you know kind of dig in on that. But either way, big addition for Florida. That's kind of the the backstory of how this you know kind of thing came to fruition. Louisville did make things interesting. That was maybe Florida's biggest competition there. I don't, I don't know that there was necessarily any, any worry of him going back to Kentucky, because if you enter the transfer portal, you still have that option if the school wants you to come back. So Louisville did make things interesting there for Florida. Um, sure. But I think the appeal of the SEC, the offensive line coaches, the attention to detail they have towards, you know, nutrition and all those types of things. And on top of that, you know, the opportunity that Florida has, you know, you, you mentioned Cameron Waits going down with that Achilles tear, you know, again, that's maybe apples to oranges more to a guy that's, probably more of a guard compared to a tackle, but the, the, the competition, the chance to see the field, all those types of things are appealing because, you know, you are one man down and, you know, could you throw a good one in as an offensive guard? If you get into a pinch, maybe, I think that that's something you could do as you plug and play guys, you know, as you tinker with your offensive line in the spring, sure. his future is offensive tackle. You know, you've got a guy that moves like that and has the length like that, but you've got a guy that you can at least piece things around in the spring and you can kind of figure out, what your best starting five is, who, like you said, is going to be that six man, the hinge guy that can come in and out of the game. Um, or even, you know, if you can have, you know, seven, eight guys on the offensive line that you feel you can count on, you know, the more the merrier for the offensive line for Florida. 
Right. And, and, and to add on to something you just said, I think that there's value in numbers at offensive line. It's not just necessarily about replacing a guard with a guard or replacing a tackle with a tackle. Florida is going to be without Cameron Waits for a considerable amount of time. Definitely no participation in the spring. I would say that fall camp is questionable at best. And then you get into like the early season time, uh, first couple games, non-con uh, schedule. Is he back for that? Maybe. It's a very difficult injury to recover from at a guy of his size. Uh, also, you have to keep in mind, he, he's a 373-pound football player. And being inactive, essentially, with an Achilles tear is going to make it very difficult for him to condition. And so you have to there, – there, there are so many concerns with a guy like that. And while, yes, uh, Goodwin is a tackle moving forward, there's no question about it, there is something to be said for having another able-bodied player in the room who can step in, who allows you to shuffle around to other guys if you need to. Does somebody like uh, – Damian George, let's say Damian George is, is a starter. Uh, he probably has the type of footwork and, and, and skill set where I do think he could more easily slide inside if they needed him to do that. And then maybe you plug and play Goodwin wherever George was playing on the offensive line. So it's an important addition in light of that injury. And as you said, you know, we'll, we'll continue on Swamp 247 uh, to keep you updated with how Florida does kind of sort through that depth chart at the position in the spring uh, Blake, as we get ready to wrap up the show here, any final thoughts? Florida at 10 transfers now. Uh, that's it now for the, for this period of transfer time. Uh, they'll be again able to invest in some new uh, talent after spring ball in May uh, when the portal opens again. But just uh, maybe maybe some recap thoughts on what we've got so far. You know, I think that Florida, you can see the areas where they wanted to improve. You see the attention they put on offensive line. And, and like you said, you lose a guy like Michael Tarquin and Ethan White. You have to replace those guys in. And, and, and they certainly did that. You know, even if you throw in, you know, Osiris Torrance, who's off the NFL, you've added another guy to really kind of come in and replace that guy. Right. Um, you know, linebacker, they've added three of those guys where you add Manny, Manny Nunnery from Houston. They added him earlier this week. Um, that's a guy that, you know, that, that's their third transfer portal uh, linebacker this cycle. Uh, pair him with a guy like Jaden Robinson, who's from the high school ranks. That's four linebackers coming into a room that really needed a big facelift, you know. And I think that they did a good job with that. And I, I think for for Florida, you're in a you're in an interesting spot with linebacker because you're adding some of these guys that are those one year, two year band aid types of players. Right. So that kind of bridges the gap over for 2024 recruiting cycle where they've already got Miles Graham in the fold. They're in a really good spot for a guy like Darius Hayes, the four star linebacker in the 2024 class. So Florida has a chance to kind of backfill, you know, those younger guys in that 2024 class. So I really like the fact that they've got that experience at the linebacker room in the transfer portal for 2023. Um, you know, quarterback Graham Mertz, you know, you needed a, a quarterback even more so now with the Jaden Rashada thing falling apart. You've got a guy that's got a lot of experience, you know, granted he has um, really thrown the ball a lot to the other team. That's one area where you need to improve for him. Another th third running back, they added Cam Carroll from Tulane as a third running back. I think that, that was an area where Florida struggled to get some traction going with some of these transfer portal running backs. And I say that because Florida's running back room is already very impressive. You know, it's hard right. to talk to a guy in the transfer portal and pitch them at best on being running back three, you know, behind right. Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. So I, I do think that, you know, for Florida, you know, you see the area where they really wanted to improve, you know, defensive line again was a, was an area where they wanted to, to hit the ground running there. Um, they've certainly done that. I think that safety is one area where I think that maybe they continue to vet guys that are currently in the portal now, see where things shake out when that spring window that you were talking about there later in the spring after spring ball, you have a guy that, you know, you can find in there that's maybe a, 
you know, like a, like a one year, two year type of guy that already has the experience, maybe don't need to coach up as much and you can kind of teach him more readily on the fly as far as teaching scheme. Whereas a guy that sure. you know is younger that you needed to actually go through the motions through spring ball. So, you know, I think that that's an area, I think wide receiver is one where I think that they're fairly happy with their room. Um, but if you have a guy that you, you know, can add in there like a, you know, like a Ricky Pearsall type of guy that, you know, can come in and really kind of revamp that room and raise the, you know, the floor and the roof of the room, um, Offensive line, you know, I shoot more the merrier with those guys in the offensive line. If you can vet some of those guys later in the spring, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk more about what what is there and what the needs are after we go through and see what spring ball is. You know, could they yeah. get another quarterback in the portal? We'll see. You know, there's definitely some needs still to fill for Florida, but I, I think from what they have landed in the portal so far, you can see where they felt that the the, the roster was uh, needed the most help, and you can see that offensive line, defensive line. Um, linebacker room, and I think that they've done a good job of getting some bodies in there that have some playing experience and can kind of, like I said, bridge that gap into you know the, the carryover needs that they have in 2024 recruiting cycle. I'll throw one more name out there before we close out the show here. Uh, outside linebacker is a position that really, really sure. needs some attention. There's sure. three guys uh, on scholarship on the roster right now, unless they're going to move guys over. So that is a room as well uh, that will need some attention, and we will pay attention to it for you over at swamp247.com. Uh, make sure you give us a look over on our message board. We're constantly publishing stuff, uh, you know, both in written story form, but also Blake and I and Graham Hall uh, constantly sharing information on our subscriber-only message board. So if you want the full Florida experience, full like a coverage experience, you're going to want to hit that subscribe button over there. And we would ask you to do the same over on YouTube if that's where you're watching this. And, uh, you know, that being said, that's going to do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. Next week is uh, signing day, February 1st. So you can look for another podcast episode, uh, kind of talking recruiting more big picture, uh, looking at the 2023 class with Blake and I at some point around then. Uh, and for this one, though, that's going to do it. Blake Alderman, my name is Jacob Rudner. We will see you next time. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.